0: I V M
1: Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I am Ashton, Dr. Your Habit Coach and today with us we have Aparna Piramal. Now this is the second episode in our series with her. We were talking about bipolar issues in the first episode. I suggest you listen to that before listening to this one so you get an understanding and a context of where we are. Mental health is such an important aspect in our day-to-day lives right now. So please do listen to this. Maybe there are people in your life who you can help or helping yourself. You know, you hit the nail on the head. I was just thinking about this in the morning. And I was saying that all of us are nothing but, well, our personalities, our lives are nothing but also the little traumas that have happened in our lives to get us to where we are. Right? The different belief systems that were built from those traumas. And the way that you've structured this out in these seven steps and the seven, you know, ways of looking at it, almost all of us need that. We all need friends to help us out. We all need a healthy relationship with our family, right? whether we are bipolar or not. We all need to be each other's supportive colleagues at work. You know, I think if you start looking at it from that point of view, you're absolutely right. It is for all of us in that context.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, people who read it actually said you, you shouldn't position it as a mental health book because it's wider than that. But I did want to, you know, I did want to reach out to people who are struggling with mental health also. So that, that, that's why we, we focused on it. But I'd like to think it has a wider resonance, certainly. And I think we all have this. The other thing that I say, just coming back to this allies and part is that mental health is a team sport. You know, yeah. it's um, yeah. and I have interviewed 75 people, mostly from my life in this book they've all played a role in getting me to this stage. And, and, you know, the, the thing is, Ashton, I think, I mean, at the risk of, I don't want to sound kind of in any way triumphant or anything like that, but, you know, people look at me and they might say, okay, bipolar is not so bad because she seems okay. You know, but the, but the fact is it it is a very difficult illness and there are people who've had very terrible outcomes because of it, whether in terms of taking their own life or in terms of, you know, not being able to function at work the way they would like to or not having great relationships in their life.
1: Hurting others. Sorry? Hurting others as well. Hurting other people,
0: exactly. So a lot of those things have happened. And the fact is, in a way, what I'm trying to say is that if these things have helped me cope with something which is so potentially damaging, maybe it can help with cope with, you know, conditions which are maybe not, I would say... Uh, not common, but maybe not as serious as as this is considered to be. I know for anybody who's suffering from depression, it's it's as bad as anything else. So I don't want to make a value judgment.
1: Absolutely. It is. It is. And I so love what you said about the team spot. I think that's a great way of thinking about it. Because many a times we feel so alone when we are in a situation like this, where we have a mental issue and we feel that we're going to be judged by people. We feel that what if I ask for therapy, if I go to a therapist, what will people think? You know, there's so much stigma around it. Luckily, it's changing now, but there used to be so much stigma around it as well. So as soon as you start thinking of it as a team sport, it is not just on your shoulders that, you know, your success depends on. It depends on everybody around you. And if you can create that structure around you, I think that is my key learning from our conversation right now.
0: And also, it's kind of like saying, whose team are you on? Like, who are you supporting? You know, not just people who's on your team, but... Who is it in your life? Because I personally have dealt with people in my own organization when I was working in my family business, people who've had issues of depression in their family, who had issues of bipolar themselves, you know, or other mental health challenges. And it it makes you think, right, as an employer, as a CEO, what, what are we doing to support people in those conditions? So I think that we, we, we all play all these different roles in people's lives. And whether or not you realize you are on somebody else's team and are you playing that role the way you could do, you know?
1: Correct. So, so well put. Aparna, tell us about the chemicals in the chemical kitchen. What are those chemicals that do all of this to us?
0: Yeah, so actually that's a good question. Even though I've called the book Chemical kichdi there's a big mystery around what exactly happens with bipolar disorder, only to say that the, the neuroscience of it is still not very well understood. But there are a few things that we know. One is that it is a highly heritable condition. The chances are, if you have it, you have a pretty high chance that you might have inherited it which doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to pass it on to the people in your you know your children or other members of your family it just means that it might mean that they have a higher probability of getting it than the average person that's probably what my children have but you know, it's not a very high probability. And it's, so that's something to be kind of kept in mind.
1: Does it go down from generation to generation? Or does it skip a generation? Any?
0: I don't know anybody in my family, you know, immediately who had it. So I don't want to kind of comment, but the chances are that it's heritable. Whether it goes Mm -hmm. through skips or not, like it's a very high chance of that. But it's triggered also. It's not just the genetics. It's also the, what I think, this is again, people have speculated, it's triggered by environmental factors so you may have the genetic basis for it but if there is some sort of uh, environmental factor there's a trigger for it then then it becomes more apparent and you know there are different neurotransmitters in the brain that connect the way that your brain cells connect with each other so there are imbalances of those neurotransmitters so serotonin is one of them Um, sometimes too high sometimes too low it's just a general imbalance of it but there's still a lot of it's not very well understood. There was recently, as recently as I think a couple of weeks ago, there was some genetic findings suggesting that there was a gene that had been located, you know, that we could actually locate, identify what, if this was a gene that was leading to bipolar. But there isn't otherwise, I haven't seen too much about, from the research that I've done, I haven't seen sort of too much identification of a particular gene that causes bipolar. And unless you have let's say a set of genes, then it became drug treatment also becomes a little bit difficult,
1: you know. Interesting. So then how are the drugs decided basis these chemicals? Are there set drugs that are provided or is it dependent on patient by patient? What is it-
0: so again, um there's something called lithium, which is pretty well understood to be a, a medicine that a lot of people have been taking for bipolarity for many years. Even my doctor who prescribed it and everyone around the world says no one really knows why it works so well, but it has proven to work reasonably well and people take it. The other drugs, um, you know, there are antipsychotics, there are mood stabilizers, there are tranquilizers, there are different things that one can take. Um, And I think they sort of vary, would definitely vary more from patient to patient and from what their needs are and, you know, what their particular circumstances are.
1: Okay, fair. So what are the things that we can do to control our chemical imbalances without necessarily taking drugs, etc. What are the things that we can do on a daily basis to help ourselves?
0: Yeah, I think my biggest hack for that is to avoid getting stressed. You know, because I think it is a stress of any kind, whether it's psychological, emotional, physical, you know, uh, work related stress, really interpersonal conflict. These are the things that would lead to a state of mind in which you might start losing sleep. And when you start losing sleep, as I said, these chemical imbalances kind of kick in. That's a very, very simplified way of looking at it. But that's, the, that's my sort of rule of thumb. Um, now, how do you avoid stress? I mean, I would ask you, Ashton, how do you avoid getting stressed?
1: So the way that I look at stress is that stress is not what's happening in the external world. It is my interpretation of what is happening in the external world. And typically, whenever we discuss stress, this is how I look at it. I understand if I can change the narrative in my mind, the stress very soon starts disappearing. So that is how I typically deal with stress. We're going to take a quick break. See you on the other side. Welcome back. All right, let's jump into the conversation. Stress management workshops, we obviously have different ways of thinking about de-stressing.
0: Yeah. So I think um, one way is that's a kind of psychological route, which I think is really important. And right now, even though, you know, everything that could could have gone wrong with my book printing has gone wrong. The books are delayed. There was a fire in the press. Oh, my God. Yeah, there was a production system problem. So, you know, the books didn't uh, get printed on time. I had an event also where the physical event where the books were meant to be there. There were no books. So, you know, but I'm actually pretty chilled about the whole thing. And I'm also not getting stressed about what the outcome is because so I think part of it is philosophical because I'm saying that I've just enjoyed this journey so much. That whatever happens with the destination, will it will sort of happen on its own. I'm just enjoying mm. this journey. Part of it comes from a sense of conviction that mm. uh, I know that this is a much bigger mission to kind of talk about mental health and to shape the dialogue on mental health in our country. And that's like a huge mission. So one week's delay on books or two weeks delay on books is really not going to gonna matter. No gonna matter absolutely and the fact that we are having these conversations and and I hope many more which is, is actually what's going to you know be important so that stress is not getting to me I've even planning this huge event of hundreds of people and you know planning an event of hundreds of people is always the, the last time around when I did it for my book launch I was hugely stressed but this time now that it's a much it's a hall that's actually double the number of people and I'm pretty slow on my invites but I'm just like, okay, maybe it'll be a bit empty and there's COVID and who knows what will happen and we will all have to wear masks and let's just see what happens, you know? Because I think it's that inner conviction of saying that this is a much bigger journey and I've just started on it, you know? It's This is, the book launch is not the destination. So that's part of the psychological makeup, but I think there are practical tools in my lifestyle also. And I think that this is critical, okay? And I wouldn't like to use the word, I wouldn't like to use something very negative, but I would say that you need kind of like army like discipline to live with bipolar or a condition like this, you know and, and like I said again, bipolar is is in the same category as something like schizophrenia okay it's very similar drugs that are taken it's a very similar genetic makeup, so it's in that kind of category, and this psychosis also has a lot of similarity in, in what i've experienced so there's a lot of discipline, so that discipline really says that I have to monitor the pace of my day. Make sure the pace is not too high. I have to monitor the rhythm of my day, and I have to monitor the boundaries of my day. you know so I, and um so the pace in order to monitor my pace, I, if today' is a day which I've got a number of things going on tomorrow, I'll just keep it a little bit open. You know the boundaries I, when I say that, I mean setting some limits, no work after dinner time, ideally starting or ending the day with exercise which has not been happening lately but you know I try and do that having dinner with the children for sure spending time with them in the evenings so you know having those boundaries which are pretty sacrosanct and the rhythm also is just that you know I'm not I'm doing one thing at a time usually like so you know if I'm teaching I'm teaching right now of course the book launch is happening so everything is devoted towards that but if I'm teaching I'm teaching if I'm writing I'm writing I'm not trying to do too many things in general. Even my column is a monthly column, it's not a weekly column. So just putting the rhythm in a way that I can manage. So I think these pace, boundary, rhythm, these are things that I really use as hacks um, for for day-to-day life. And the other thing just to remember for me, mental health is a garden that I attend to every day. It is not like joint pain. And it is not like a toothache, even a toothache you can live with, however painful a toothache is, you can probably put up with it for two or three days. But if my mental health is not being attended to on a daily basis, and I think honestly, that should be there for all of us, you know, just to make us happier from inside. You know, if, you, if you're if you not attending to that on a daily basis, then something will go wrong.
1: You know, it's, I was just thinking when you were talking about this, that Our mental health is not an acute condition. You know, like you said, a toothache is an acute condition. You bump your knee into the table, acute condition. It wasn't there earlier. But this is something that is an ongoing process for the rest of your life. Right? And either you can grumble about that, oh my God, I have to do this for the rest of my life. Or be blessed by the fact that you can do this for the rest of your life. Because you're going to be far better off than everybody else who's not even bothering about this. Right, like um, I'll give you a strange example about diabetes. And my dad, when he got diabetes, he was like, "Oh my God, my life is over" and stuff like this. And I was saying, "No, this is the best thing that happened to you. Now at least you'll focus on your health. Till now, you weren't right. So there are different ways in which you can show gratitude for these things that happen. But the idea is that what is it teaching you? What is it showing you? And like you said, if you can think of your mental illness as a garden that you're tending, or or just mental health, forget about having an illness. Mental health is a garden. What are the weeds that you're pulling out? What is it that you're putting in? How are you enriching the soil? All these aspects if you start thinking about it, and start working on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, you're right. Your life will look so different.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of um, inner illumination, right? It's led me to that. It's definitely led me to that place, as you said. Like, Which would otherwise have not happened. I mean, I could have continued working in my family's business and maybe I don't think it's because I was bipolar that I left it. I don't think I was probably fundamentally that cut out to... to to do it in any case. But um, this this just made me do it. But it, it led to so much self-examination about what makes you a better human being and a happier human being, you know.
1: And these things that start making our changes, you know, like if you can start understanding how to prioritize these aspects of your life, how to prioritize the relationships like we discussed earlier, you're setting yourself up for a much more fulfilled life than you would have had in any other way. Aparna, do you have any parting thoughts for people on how to start approaching mental health that we haven't discussed? Anything that that we missed out that you would like to drive home to our listeners?
0: Well, I think that this is something that you have to invest in yourself. And I think you have to be willing to grow, you know, and you have to be open. And and the biggest thing I would say that is, you know, people say, again, this, this whole thing that you've been courageous. So I would say, you know, courage is a marathon and that marathon starts with trust. If somebody doesn't trust you to tell you about their condition, or if you don't trust someone to tell them about what you're going through, you're never going to get really far. I actually trusted a lot of people and that's what made me more open and, you know, about the condition. And then I got so much help right and that let
1: me let me ask you a question here one is that firstly did any of them betray your trust did you notice uh, any no, of so that happening? I
0: don't think anybody actually betrayed my trust but I know that there were times when friends discussed my behavior in public with other friends like hmm. oh Aparna was behaving like this or she was I more because they couldn't understand it like Correct. they would want to figure it out for themselves you know
1: and then once you shared what was going on it changed,
0: yeah. yeah. I think that, uh, I think you know, either then maybe somebody maybe from my family would have had a conversation with them or you know, e- explained it to them or whatever that these things kind of happen. Um, mm-hmm. sometimes not necessarily I always did, but somebody, me or my or somebody in the family would have explained it to them. But I definitely feel that, no, yeah, nobody so far that I know has not betrayed, but.
1: Maybe they're saying... The point is that not to be scared of it. That's why I wanted to drill it home to people saying that it's not... Don't be scared about sharing these things and, and worrying about what people judge you, etc. It's just that you're helping them understand you better.
0: Yeah, the thing is anyway, people are seeing that you're behaving differently, right? I mean, I live in a building and just yesterday um, hmm. we just did a event and one of my neighbors came up to me and she said, you know, I never knew... First, there were times when you used to kind of blank me then there were times you were yes. really friendly... And now I understand where you're coming from. And, you know, so I used to get those because people, they do see you and they don't understand. So if you explain it to them, then they at least have some context. Right. So I think that trusting only has benefits and also open and open yourself up to receive. Right. I think we are all receivers also. It's not just that we're, you know, constantly just sharing our own issues. How do you make yourself trustworthy that somebody will share with you? because that's also really important
1: it's a two-way street absolutely fantastic Aparna thank you so much for coming onto the Happy Coach podcast how can people reach out to you how can people how can people continue this conversation with you
0: yeah so I'm on all social media so they can just Uh,
1: what is your social media handle
0: so it's Aparna Piramal Rajay on Instagram and on LinkedIn and those are probably the best ones Um, I don't check Twitter so frequently but the other two are
1: that is good for your mental health and not to check Twitter more frequently. <laughs> I think oh. it's a fantastic skill. You probably should put it in your book. <laughs> All right, <laughs> chemical kichri please go read it. It's gonna be fascinating to understand, not just like you said, for people who have mental health issues or are, you know, support system for them, but for everyone and understanding where our mental health lies. Thanks. Thank you so Perfect. much. Thank you. Now, if you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on the IBM podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are at IBM podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am at Ashtin Doc on Twitter and Instagram. We have a brand new habit coaching online course, quizzes, videos, and a lot more on the website awesome180.com. So check it out now.